Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, a twice-weekly podcast about the podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. On Fridays, we bring you fun shows about TBTL history, like the Phyllis Fave episode we just did, about the origin of the Chuck E. Cheese news desk. But Mondays are serious business. That means a recap of the previous week's shows. My name is Mike Frizzell. I live in Kyle, Texas. And joining me again is the I-35 crew starting up in Dallas with Meredith all the way Mayhan. Hello, Meredith. Hey, Mike. And from New Brighton, Minnesota, just a gal trying to keep her gutters warm this winter, Anne Lundholm. Hello, Anne. Good morning, Mike. We're gathered here on this Sunday morning to bring you a Monday morning edition of the show, uh, about the show. But before that, of course, we always have to handle our own LRB business. And a little later after, we do the housekeeping we need to. And our housekeeping isn't like other shows, um, where it's just us boring you with the same old updates and help us out with this. We always need help with new and boring (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> project. So never think you'll be hearing a, the plea for the same boring help. So stay tuned for that. And then we'll, of course, tell you how to get involved with the show um, if you just want to be a guest or a guest host. With that, Anne, what, what's our business? Uh, first on the list, the agenda for LRB Business, is we want to hear a uh, a, a review of Meredith's uh, weekend in Denver, and she sent us a fantastic Tiny Fence audio postcard last week. <laughs> and uh, I really uh, want to know how it all went. I'm interested in hearing about the cooking class. So how did it go, Meredith? It was really fun. Um, we were there from Friday until Sunday. So we landed at about 10.30 Denver time in the morning on Friday, and our cooking class was at noon. Um, and so we didn't have a whole lot of time because the airport in Denver is pretty far away from the city. It's a 45-minute drive. So we kind of had to rush to our hotel, drop off our stuff, and then rush to the cooking class. Um, and we did this all – it was a lift weekend. So everything we did was was lift. We didn't have a car and we didn't want to use Uber this time. We just used Lyft the whole time. So that was actually really great. Um, they got us to the cooking class on time. We rolled up to this, the place, the address that they gave us, and it was just a house, kind of a nondescript, nothing special looking house. And, and Duff was like, uh, is this right? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Let's try. So we knocked on the door and we, we go in and it is a house that they've repurposed to this business. It's got a pretty big kitchen. And there was a, a, a big kind of dining room and there was a big table with a bunch of people sitting around it. Probably seven people were in this class. And uh, the chef was a really nice, welcoming guy. And uh, on the table, there was a mason jar full of weed and a bong and pipes <laughs> and cookies <laughs> just sitting on the table. He's like, help yourself. Uh, which I did not because I'm a lightweight and I, was, I wanted to pay attention to the class. And what the class was, it was taught by an actual chef, a Culinary Institute of America trained chef. But it wasn't so much about the food. It was more about how to make your own uh, cannabis infused coconut oil. Mm-hmm. And from there, you can really go anywhere. So this was the basis of uh, of the like level one of this kind of class. And he also has more involved cooking classes where he focuses on the food. Um, but he taught us about how to, uh, decarboxylate, um, in the oven. And that's made up. That's it's, not <laughs> <laughs> it's something I guess you have to do. Cause you can't just eat 
marijuana and have it work. Yeah. You have to heat it up to a certain temperature, not too hot, uh, to kind of activate uh, the various chemicals in it. And uh, and then so he he went he took us through the whole process and he made us some. Uh, pizza. It was interesting because the, all the food that we had was pretty gross. <laughs> not because it was like, <laughs> not because of what was in it, just because it was the, only there as a um, a vehicle. It wasn't the focus wasn't on the food. So he made us a frozen pizza, <laughs> and and then uh, what else? Oh, rice krispie treats. Um, but it was more just to demonstrate how you can use the oil, uh, and it was fascinating. He also so I was really fine through that whole class. It was about three three and a half hours long, um, and a lot of people got baked uh, pretty quickly in the class. Um, but towards the end, he was teaching us about concentrates and dabs. And if you're unfamiliar with what a dab is, it's it's very very concentrated kind of. Um, oily substance it's it's thc that's been really really concentrated and so all you need is a dab which is why they call it that and he passed around this rig it was actually kind of cool because it looked like an in and out um cup like the 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 drink cups that they have at in and out except it was glass and it had it kind of looked like a bong mixed with a crack pipe a little bit because you have to use a blowtorch to heat up this the bowl part, you put this tiny little dab of this concentrate in there, heat it up, and then the, the cup part full, fills with smoke. I didn't know what I was getting into. He offered me one little hit off of this thing, and I was like, sure. And so I did that, and about 20 minutes later, I couldn't remember what country I was in. It's like it's about uh, at least three and a, probably four times more powerful than just taking a hit. So yeah. You've I didn't ta- know you've that. You've taken a, a, an evening's, <laughs> an evening worth of uh, bong hits in one hit. Yeah, and I had already had a little bit of laced pizza, um, yeah. so it was a bad. It was not great. Um, I shouldn't have done that. I didn't know what else, I knew. I was I a lightweight, I but <laughs> I wish I hadn't done that. Um, and, and at that point, he started throwing out all these ratios and about how the most cost-effective way to make edibles. And I was just spacing out. I mm-hmm. could not pay attention. I got a little shaky. I got a little dizzy, a little sweaty. Duff said I had this glazed, faraway look in my eye. And uh, I, I feel pretty dumb for, for overdoing it um, in front of all these pros. But so Friday actually kind of was a wash, but we had a lot of things to do on Friday. So um, we ended up walking around after this class um, because we couldn't be seen in public or do anything. <laughs> um, so we just walked around the neighborhood for a while. And we found a bench on, on the street and just kind of sat there. And uh, that was my first tiny fence moment. I start to get this feeling where I can't move. Otherwise, yeah. I'll disturb something around me, even though there was nothing around me. So I was just sitting there straight as a board, staring, just thinking, oh, my God, everybody knows, everybody knows. <laughs> it wasn't very fun. So eventually, we kind of it started to wear off a little bit, and we called a lift. And um, we had dinner reservations that night, and we had the concert that night. And all we wanted to do was go back to the hotel room and go to sleep, but we couldn't. Um, And so we kind of limped our way to dinner. Like the task of getting into a car seemed impossible Mm -hmm. to me. Impossible. Like how on earth is that going to work? But we did manage it. You know, it's legal there. I'm sure the Lyft drivers are used to driving stoned jerks around all day, um, especially tourists. Um, So we did make it to dinner. Um, it, I don't remember what we had. I don't remember the restaurant. <laughs> wow. And so this was probably 
six thirty or seven PM at this point, and I had just started to feel a little bit normal by the end of dinner. Um, and again, I still just wanted to. I was like, I can't believe I have to go to a concert. I cannot believe it. Yeah. Um, but we did, and it ended up being great. I, I was feeling pretty much, as I said in the audio postcard, I, I, I was starting to feel a bit normal. I know I didn't explain that last week because I couldn't follow that train of thought. Like, why did, I went to a cooking class and now I'm feeling okay. But uh, it was not great for a few hours there. But um, by the time we got to the concert, I was able to enjoy it. Um, and the concert was wonderful. The, 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 the orchestra hall there is beautiful. I guess they're going to tear it down because it was built in the 80s, but it was a really interesting, uh, interestingly designed building. Um, the acoustics were great. Uh, it was just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful concert. But uh, I didn't do any other drugs the rest of the trip. <laughs> so I wanted to stay sober and enjoy Denver for the rest of the time. Mm. So I did. I, I, I feel kind of bad about, I feel like I ruined Friday a little bit. It's on them to it's on them to let you know what kind of effect that's going to have, you know. Yeah, I mean, I sp- I probably should have guessed since it's a concentrate and all, but um yeah, I kind of am like I wish he had explained the equivalent of of like how many joints is this <laughs> so that we right. could judge. How much marijuana do you normally smoke? If the yeah. answer is zero, this is going <laughs> to knock you on your absolute right. ass. Right. Yeah, and the answer is zero. I mean, I haven't I haven't done any since Seattle, um, so that was a poor decision and poor communication. But it all turned out okay. We had a really really great time exploring the city on Saturday. We just kind of walked around and and went to the various shops and uh, just checked out the sites. Had some good food. Um, it's a pretty walkable city where we were, so we walked in um, most places and and then did lift when we couldn't uh, do the distance. But yeah, it was great. It was a great trip overall. So. Yeah, it sounds fun. Well, welcome back. Thanks. Um, continuing on in LRB business, I'll just do a couple of quick hits, so to speak, on a couple of different things. Uh, remember, a few weeks ago, we talked about merchandise on the horizon. Uh, you, too, can soon get your LRB-branded slanket. Actually, I don't know if we actually can get LRB slankets, but I think we would sell them. Uh, So just remember that that's going to be coming and keep thinking about that. And if there's anything that you particularly want, an LRB tote bag or whatever, just let us know. Uh, Also, uh, we're reiterating our call for guest hosts. We had Amy Shepard on last week, and we had a really fun time with Amy. She was great. And we'd like to get some more people on. I think we have about a dozen people, maybe 10 or 12, who... Uh, volunteered, although one of them is Golf Man. I'm not sure how he got on the list. <laughs> hey, we ask for we ask for submissions. We have to take them. Yeah. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. That that'll be a very special LRV with Golf Man. Um, so please, if you'd like to be a guest host, I'd love to get somebody that we don't know, somebody just mm-hmm. who's been quietly listening and and we haven't heard from them before. I I'd like to hear what you have to say. So don't be shy. Uh, Continuing on in the idea of people contributing to the show, remember to submit any throw your phone moments, although they're not necessarily moments where you wanted to throw your phone. Um, If you were listening this week and you heard Carrie put down that sweet burn on Luke on Friday (laughs) and you had something that you wanted to say about that, send us, give us a voicemail, send us a, 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 a voice memo Post it on our Facebook page. 
That's um, That would be great to hear from you. And we do have a little bit of feedback this week. Actually, we got a lot of feedback. I just picked and choose, uh, chose. Rather, we got a, a bunch of feedback from our pal, Jeff Richardson. Uh, clearly, he's been catching up, and he had a few things that he wanted to share. But I picked one that I particularly liked for him about the idea of celebrity pictures when Luke and Andrew were talking about uh, – whether they should go for the selfie with Tom Hanks or not and, and how you behave with celebrities. And Jeff said, I'm so Andrew. I didn't even remind Luke and Andrew who I was at the picnic. Luke totally waved and said, hi, Jeff. And I turtled like Ali Sheedy in the breakfast club, <laughs> which was a great visual. <laughs> of course, Luke and Andrew know you. <laughs> yeah. Luke is so good at remembering people too. He, he really is. And, um, He's not a celebrity. He's he's our buddy. They're our yeah. buddies. That's great. So thanks, Jeff. I really like that comment. Um, we also got a comment on Simpsons Watch from Elizabeth. Uh, as listener Katie last week said that she wanted Bobby to get back on his grind with the Simpsons Watch that he created. And Elizabeth said, Bobby, if you need someone to keep track of the TBTL Simpsons references, I'm your girl. Let me know. I would be glad to put together something at the end of every week for you. And Bobby totally is taking her up on that. There's a Google spreadsheet being created. So um, stay tuned for a, a thorough accounting of your Simpsons uh, references on the show. Thanks you know, very if, much. If somebody, um, if somebody decides that they're going to uh, like do what Phyllis is doing and just listen to every show from beginning to end, if they could go ahead and make note of every Simpsons reference, <laughs> and then we can layer that over our archive work, <laughs> I think that'd be, I mean, we would get a lot of listeners if, if you know, like really nerdy Simpsons lis- uh, listeners, you know, yeah. people that seek out Simpsons content. Um, Don't you think they could, they could mostly start from the Andrew era? Do we get a lot of Simpsons references from Ken? <laughs> That's true. Uh, no, but Luke, Luke would make some. That's true. Well, there's a new pro- project for somebody. Once we finish all the archiving, then we'll go back and <laughs> archive all the Simpsons references. <laughs> so we'll look forward to that. We got some great feedback on last week's show from Dr. Rob. I won't... Uh, say the parts where he agreed with me necessarily because that would just be self-serving. But he did comment where Bobby was talking about uh, he's not really into selfies, but he just had gotten a couple with uh, musicians. And Rob says, I totally would have gotten a selfie with Joshua Bell. Are you kidding me? And that was kind of my reaction too because people who are fans of classical music know that Joshua Bell is a big, big, big deal. And that's very cool that Bobby got to meet him and take a picture. Uh, Dr. Rob also said, by the way, I like the guest on Week in Review. Amy Shepard has a lovely and infectious laugh. And how great were this week's voicemails? Anthony is awesome. Everyone, chill the fuck out. <laughs> so that, that's right. really, that's well really great. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, that is it for feedback on today's show. Uh, if anybody doesn't have anything else, I'm ready to go for the Week in Review. Hit it. Go for it. I'm starting with Monday, number 2295, Billion Dollar Podcast. Olive, it turns out, is vision impaired, Luke thinks, because she couldn't see the laser pointer he was playing with. And we get a lot of Olive updates on this week, and I think it's because he wants to head off any missing kitty ideas. (laughs) I think he's specifically making sure to make references to how, Mm -hmm. yes, she's around so that people don't get upset at him again. He wants to talk about the concept of cat glasses, 
not for very long, thankfully, because he moves into baby glasses because he says that a lot more babies are wearing glasses lately. And I, I agree with that. Um, you see them with those like funky kind of bendable plastic looking glasses strapped on. It's really super cute. Well, you have to do that for babies because they will just crush yeah. regular frames. Yeah. Whenever, yeah. I mean, you'd have to buy them by the dozens if you put regular <laughs> Seems frames. Seems rather on. unsafe to put glass on a baby's head. Yeah. And Andrew uh, reminds us that he has worn glasses from the age of two. Um, he has a couple of eye issues, including the lazy eye. I've never seen any um, evidence of that, although I've only met him a couple of times. So I guess I wasn't looking for it. You really don't know about an eye's work ethic until you, until you know the eye. <laughs> well, he mentioned he had to wear an eye patch, so it pro- they probably strengthened it a lot when he was a kid. True, true. It's probably not yeah. very noticeable now. Just one more thing that he had that the other kids could bully him about. <laughs> the yeah. weird kid with the lazy eye. Yeah. Uh, and he also had pretty severe astigmatism. So he, he was starting a rung down the popularity ladder just from that <laughs> stuff. I, I think uh, they test kids' vision uh, and hearing a lot more and a lot earlier than they used to. At least, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't know that I needed glasses until my schoolwork had already started to... Um, suffer because I couldn't see the uh, chalkboard and I couldn't hit a baseball anymore or whatever. It did slip to the point to where it started to affect my life. And then it was like, uh, oh, someone saw me squinting to see the chalkboard. Well, you need to get your eyes checked. And of course, you know, I think kids are getting checked very often and, and very young until you're getting baby glasses. Yeah, which is good. that's a really good thing. My mom in the 50s, um, she didn't get glasses until she was in first grade. And she was so, vi- so visually impaired for such a mm. long time. When she finally got glasses, uh, she her favorite story is she looked up at a tree and she's like, Oh, it has individual leaves on it. Oh, wow. You know, like she thought it was yeah. just a big green blob. Yeah, that's too bad. I know. All those, all those kids, all those years who were yeah. walking around in a blur. <clears throat> well, um, my my stepdaughter, um, when she was, I don't know, she she started to talk pretty early. I met her when she was two, and she was she was pretty verbal, and um, but she always seemed to have a little bit of a an accent, like I don't know, we couldn't really put our finger on it, and. There were there were times when we thought that she was ignoring us and being willful when she just wasn't normally that way. Like if she was she was sitting in front of the TV and we were behind her and we we talked to her, she wouldn't turn around. She wouldn't acknowledge. Hmm. And then sometimes when we would be talking to her, like we're at the table or sitting on the couch, she would turn our faces to face her while we were talking. And we were just slowly realizing that she's having trouble hearing. Right. Yeah. And so we got that tested and it, it, she was like 80% deaf. Wow. So, yeah, it was crazy. So they, she had her adenoids removed. And and I remember the, the doctors at uh, the Children's Hospital up there, they, they said, well, noise and whatever might actually hurt her after she first wakes up. Mm-hmm. And and so um, I'm sitting with her and she wakes up and I, I whispered, you know, can you hear me? And I'm, I'm still a couple feet away, and she smiles and says, yes. Oh. <laughs> it was really great. 
Yeah. Get your kids tested. Yeah. Yep. And uh, Luke cannot uh, let this baby glasses thing go without, of course, bringing up Chris Sabo, the baseball player, and his sport goggles, which we've talked about before. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Apparently that made a big impression on him. And I'm not sure how we get from this to hat talk. Um, they're talking about fedoras and one fedora per crew. And then it becomes clear that Andrew has confused fedoras and berets. Yeah. <laughs> That's a serious confusion. <laughs> did you guys go back? Did you once, once he said, wait, change it to beret. Did you go back and listen to the story again? Cause I did. No. <laughs> I did appreciate, though, that Luke called it the Nickelback of hats. <laughs> yeah. I have a fedora. I like it. I have a beret. Lady fedora. Classic hat. No. no. I mean, I don't wear it. I bought it as part of a costume once, but um, but I I have one. On a moment's notice, I can be that fedora in your crew, so let me know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they get into talking about the internet fedora kid, which is someone that I was not familiar with, who apparently had been taking some flack from his classmates about his uh, his headgear, and uh, he uses the, the quote, swag is for boys, class is for men, which is wonderful <laughs> and embarrassing all at the same time. <laughs> I hope that kid's doing well. Um, and then we get into pen talk, and I should have known that the tens would be so passionate about pens, mm-hmm. given there are a couple of different pen threads on the tens page, and one of them is over a hundred comments in. Yes, <laughs> Andrew has a box of brand new pens. He is uh, copping to being a pen snob, and he threw away all his old random pens, and he got Uniball Micro 0.5 millimeter pens, wet ink. So he's pretty proud of all that, pretty proud that he got rid of all the old stuff. And Luke disparages all the kinds of cheapo pens that have the name of the casino on them. And I love those cheapo pens. That's what I use. Mm-hmm. I like promotional pens, and uh, I get them from stupid engineering vendors. And um, we recruited our University of Minnesota job fair for science and technology, and I make um, some of my coworkers go around to the other booths and steal the interesting pens for me. I get some good <laughs> stuff that way. <laughs> I like pens with a little bit of personality. Yeah, and then you, sometimes they have the name of your fi- favorite pizza place on them, so all you have to do is just look at your pen, and then you right. Know that- yeah, I have this sweet pen that I got. If you click it once, it's just a regular pen, and then you close it, and you click it again. And there's a flashlight on the end of it. It's so cool. cool. I use it all the time. Not that I need a flashlight when I'm writing, but just because it's cool. But so Luke uh, is disparaging, as I said, the cheapo pens that have the name of the casino on them. And then he goes into this whole thing about this pen that he has that has the name (laughs) of a casino on it that Uh he really, really loves. That was given to him by Uncle Lloyd, Carrie's Uncle Lloyd, who recently passed away and apparently was a pretty um, fun person. He talks about uh, Uncle Lloyd's individualized fist bumps that he had for different Mm -hmm. people. And the pen is from the Roman Casino. It's double-sided, and they think it's a Baccarat pen. So one end has blue ink and one has red. I would love this pen. It sounds awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. And then there's a Here, talk about wait, the wait wait let me let me uh, this 
this fascinates me. What was the uncle's name? Uncle Lloyd. Uncle Lloyd. Okay, Uncle Lloyd has all these individual fist bumps, and and then Andrew asked what his what what uh, Luke's fist bump with Uncle Lloyd was, and Luke said, "Well, it was just kind of a regular fist bump." But he had all these other <laughs> great fist bumps with everyone else. And then I'm picturing uh, Uncle Lloyd's on his deathbed, and and he's calling each one over, giving them their fist bump, and then telling them what he's going to give them, you know, what he's bequeathing. And then, then it's time for Luke. It's like the forty third person in, or whatever. So and he remembers his name. You know, he's like Luke. All right, he gives him the regular fist bump because he hasn't made one up because he knew he was going to pass away soon. So why bother making up a new fist bump for Luke? And, and he, he's a, he's in a much of a panic as a dying man can be about the living, as he he realizes he has nothing to give Luke. So he's looking. He's just his eyes are darting around his little hospital tray and he sees this pen uh one of a box of pens probably given to him by because he was a whale at the roman casino Mm -hmm. um and he's like luke this is my favorite pen (laughs) this pen means the world to me please take good care of this pen and luke is still hanging on to this pen and i think it's a beautiful story i love his story You've certainly created it. Even though I made it up. It's an alternate scenario. <laughs> but it really fits the facts as well as Luke's version. Mm-hmm. Couldn't be worse. Then they go into a digression about the Roman casino because Andrew Googles it and it's in Seattle. And Luke's pretty uh, surprised that he hasn't heard of it since he knows every casino in like a 50-mile radius. I don't think Luke's hip to the Skyway casinos i i am but he's not that's my territory skyway oh um i don't know much about casinos he said it was 15 tables does that seem small or is that normal casino sized for seattle um you know run down small i mean there are there are a couple big casinos near seattle but most of them are like that they're just small places where it smells bad and you can just Slowly bleed money. <laughs> mm, awesome. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to gambling, everybody. <laughs> so they have um, a follow-up on the whole passport issue from Luke and Carrie's cruise and Luke forgetting to take his passport. And it turned out that while he was trying to get a hold of Andrew, that he actually called their house sitter and asked them to look for his birth certificate in his office closet. And I guess that was kind of embarrassing because the closet was such a mess. So now he's all about closet cleaning and organization. And the interesting thing I think we all took from this is that he mentioned the quote therapy dog a stuffed animal that the live wire crew gave him that he can pet it when he's mad at them. And Andrew's like, stop the show. (laughs) That's what I thought too. You get upset (laughs) enough at your live wire coworkers that they're what afraid of your rage or is this just a total joke thing? I don't know. I'm getting a different Mm. vision of him as a, a, a leader of live wire. It doesn't seem like an ironic gift. It no. seems, it seems He's like sounding more and more like a diva every day. Mm. <laughs> kind of is. I mean, now that he's a few years into Livewire, and 
I, you know, when you first come into an organization, you're going to kind of sit tight and see how things work and not try to throw your weight around. But obviously he's reached the point where he feels comfortable throwing his weight around and saying, we're going to do this my way now. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But he has really clean and organized closets. Uh, top story for the day is that apparently a billion dollars – uh, sounds somewhat hyperbolic, but a billion dollars worth of comedy happened last week in New York at the Comedy Cellar. It was just a Wednesday night, a $14 charge. And the comedians who showed up were Dave Attell, who I don't know, but who gave way to Jerry Seinfeld, who gave way to Amy Schumer, who gave way to Chris Rock, who gave way to Aziz Ansari, and who gave way to Dave Chappelle. That's a hell of a bill. Yeah, it is. Um, And there's some weird segue into bar talk and talk about L.A. comedy spots. And they talk about this divey bar called the Smog Cutter, which I think is an awesome name. And places that really smell. And Andrew says, I don't want to get nose blindness, which is gross. It's a thing. Yep. I suppose it is. I always think of it in terms of like when I'm at the mall and I walk by the Yankee Candle store and you get knocked over by fragrance as you walk right. by. But apparently the people that work there have absolutely no problem with it. Right. Uh, and Luke wants to let everybody know that he went by the Comedy Cellar when he was in New York. So he was sort of in proximity to a place where all these famous people uh, shows up. And they talk about how surprise comedy is kind of like seeing Tom Hanks. Not sure exactly how that works other than uh that comedy clubs are really good places for getting up close and personal i guess with a celebrity or at least close to a celebrity to see them on a scale that you would see a normal person as opposed to on the tv or on the the in a a movie and um andrew talks about driving by the golden globes slash oscars set up and he thinks maybe it's kind of like that people who are on the stands and who can see the celebrities walk the red carpet and luke just wants to say that it's very weird to see a famous person in a small place really up close and personal like that uh and uh, oh andrew had a couple of hot takes that he wanted to share that he about this comedy show that it must have been really really long and it kind of screws the people who were coming for the later show because Mm. God, how to be so close to all that um, that big deal comedy and then be like, oh, no, going to the next show. And right. the second then thing- you get the, like the fourth actor from Two Broke Girls you know, <laughs> hosting a little open mic. Oof. <laughs> and he also says that people need to release desire on it happening again. You can't go down and hang around the comedy cellar now just waiting for the celebrities to randomly start showing up because that's not going to work out for you and you're just going to be disappointed. So that's the regular show. We uh, get the the last no-point conversion of the season because obviously the Hawks lost to the Falcons. And um, Michael Bennett was uh, an ass to a reporter. I think Luke says he went berserker on a reporter uh, about don't say I didn't do my job and then ask the reporter, what adversity have you faced? Uh, not knowing that that report- reporter had just recovered from cancer. So that's really unfortunate some for him. adversity was the reporter's answer. I've faced some <laughs> recent <laughs> adversity. 
Yeah. That's classy of him not to be like, well, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> right. And uh, Andrew talks about – I was a little confused about this, about the sense of entitlement from football players, I guess specifically towards the media. And I wrote down that they're, they're cultivating antagonism a lot of time with the media. And uh, Luke just wants them to be consistent, either love the media and be friendly and responsive or hate the media and be unresponsive. But just be consistent. Don't use them for your own purposes and – um, be offended that they want to talk to you about anything else. Well, also, keep in mind when you're talking to these guys, especially if they've just lost after what they go through to to even <laughs> to even get through the day, and now they've lost. And so, someone is, you know, like this reporter is like, um, "How come you weren't getting to the quarterback or something?" <laughs> uh, you're. I don't hold people as accountable for things they say in that situation. He wouldn't say that to that reporter on a odd Wednesday in the off season. No, that's true, but it does raise the the question that they were talking about more broadly is is this is this a game or is this a business? I mean, is this football player is this his passion or is he an employee? And it's just mm-hmm. one more day on the job because I think you're right. If if he's passionate and competitive and this is his life, then sure, the reporter should lay off. But if this is his job and it's his job to talk to the media and answer the questions, then he needs to take the questions and not be a jerk mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know that I'm a big lover of football. I've expressed that many a time. But... <laughs> Um, I think people have to decide what it is. I mean, because the NFL certainly thinks it's a business and they're doing everything they can to monetize that. And I don't think that we can have one uh, set of rules that the industry is playing by and one set of rules that the fans and the players are playing by because then we get conflict. True. Um, Andrew was disappointed in the Seahawks season. I mean, they only made it to the playoffs. So obviously huge disappointment. And, uh, Luke says now they need to spend the money to get the offensive line in order. And I have absolutely nothing to say about that, but I'm sure you do, Mike. All I will say about that is offensive lines need time. So it's not like you can just go grab some uh, high draft picks and good free agents and the line's going to be great tomorrow. So even if we do those things, it's going to take time. Be patient. Okay. Andrew hates Aaron Rodgers' face. And, in fact, he just hates the rest of him in general. <laughs> I don't understand why. It's Aaron Rodgers, not Tom Brady. I know. He seems like a pers- perfectly decent person who just beats the Seahawks. Well, he hates Cam Newton, too. He just hates opposing quarterbacks, I think. <laughs> and, uh, from- and, the, hey, and he's decided he likes Colin Kaepernick now, but that's right. only because Colin Kaepernick sucks now. So you can... You can like an opposing quarterback if he sucks. It makes a certain sort of weird logic. Yeah. And uh, Luke's only desire for the rest of the playoffs is that he wants, quote, not the Patriots, unquote, to win, which I think yeah. is a sentiment shared by a lot of people. Yeah. All right, I'm done with Monday. Tuesday, 2296. More names, mo problems. Uh, 
we start out talking about how Olive has literally been eating Luke's microphone, um, which leads us into a lot of audio talk. Uh, Luke is worried that he's playing the drops at a different volume than their voices. Uh, this was like a 15-minute conversation. Yes. <laughs> um, this is where you Anne just looks have like, to hold on. Yeah. Yeah, I zoned out a bit, but Ann, it looks like you've got a hot take. Um, do I have a hot take? Oh, yes, because, of course, they segued into talking as they do about um, music pumps and especially public radio shows that use music that is too, quote, on the nose. And I just want to ban the phrase on the nose because they use it way too much, whether <laughs> it's in reference to Taxman by the Beatles or the lyrics of common songs or anything. Let's just stop saying on the nose. I think we can do that. Um, Andrew's getting a new couch because his cats destroyed the old one. Um, and so they talk a bit about cats scratching things, why they do it, putting their scent on things. And then they t both talk a little bit about how cats will need and nurse on blankets. Olive specifically has a blanket that she likes to nurse on. And some of my cats do this and some of them don't. Um, but it is very adorable. It's not something that they grow out of? Uh, I don't know. I've got a 12-year-old cat who still does it. Um, hmm. Some people theorize that it's because they were weaned too early. But, you know, it's kind of a harmless harmless thing. Edith is an adult cat and does she needs her cat bed mm -hmm. a lot. Um, Abby had uh, still has somewhat of an oral fixation. One thing that she's always done and still does is she makes uh, sheet nipples. She like gathers up a sheet or a blanket and makes a nipple and chews a hole through your blanket or sheet. Oh, great. Yeah. Eddie Good likes turn. to, um, he likes to kind of burrow. And so yeah. I've given him blankets on his beds and he'll kick them around uh, yeah. until they're kind of in a pile and then he'll settle down onto the pile. But yeah. he doesn't chew on, he really is great about that. He doesn't chew on anything he shouldn't. Um, the cats, I mean, you know, they, they can be destructive, um, especially to furniture. We had a woven fabric couch for a hot minute when we first bought our house in Michigan. And, and we, we saw the writing on the wall, like, we're not going to be able to sell this thing if we keep it in the house too much longer. So we sold it like two months after we got it and got an ultra suede couch <laughs> because that's a fabric that the cats can't really get their claws into. Mm -hmm. Oh, So that's kind of one way we've dealt with it is almost every upholstered piece of furniture in our house is this ultra suede that the cats can't destroy. Um, and I know that's not an option for everybody. That's a, <laughs> it's kind of an extreme uh, scenario, but uh, that is, that's what we've done and it's working for us. Um, you can also put double-sided tape at the pet store. They've got these large, it's kind of looks like packing tape mm -hmm. and the cats hate the way it feels. So you can wrap that around a piece of furniture and it'll, it'll stop them from scratching because they don't like how it feels. Um, and also give them other stuff that they like to scratch better than your furniture. So it's kind of a multi-prong approach to discourage it, but it's also part of life with cats. They like to destroy things. We get a shout out to uh, Dr. Rob again. He was a Dan Daniel donor for the day. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then Luke and Andrew tell us that uh, we can safely skip this show. Uh, there's not going to be a lot of content in it. And they also welcome their new boss, Nate Toby. So perfect timing <laughs> for a content-free show. <laughs> Um, top story for the day is the parking ticket protest letter generator. 
Um, it sounds like it's pretty successful in getting tickets dismissed. Sounds like something we could use or Luke could certainly use. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew asks Luke if he's okay with the people having bots when he doesn't think it's fair for the cops to have bots. And he refers to it as an arms race. So <laughs> like if I they just... were willing to put down their radar, we could stop it with these bots. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that we're going to get that deal. I I think he's just thinking about this in a way that is so bizarre to me. This sort of cops and robbers, or I think he says sheep and wolves gamesmanship. It's not a game. No, it's it's not. not. I'm going to break the law and see how long I can get away with it and what the consequences are. It's why don't you just not do it? It's not that hard to not speed or... Not park where you're not supposed to not park. No, well, he this needs is... to get a radar gun and point it at the cops. Get the system on trial. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> well, and, and I made note of this on Friday when Carrie was driving them to the border. And he was getting physically like anxious and irritated that she was going the speed limit. So I think just obeying rules yeah. is, is, yep. is mentally stressful for him. Uh, he needs to game everything in his yep. life. He's, he has to feel like he's getting the advantage. Yeah. 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 And all things, um, moving on, Andrew wants to fill in some of the gaps in his history knowledge. So he's listening to a podcast called revolution, which is about the French revolution right now. The one that he's listening to, he's calling it a good walking around podcast. And then he kind of shits on short, uh, small podcasts, four minute history chunks. It's not his thing. And then Luke mentions that he likes a Gimlet show called crime town. I've been listening to that. It's good. Oh yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I've I've got so many I want to listen to, but I feel like my my podcatcher is is uh, chock full of stuff that I already can't listen to. I know uh, I would lo- I would love to listen to this Revolutions podcast um, because I do feel like I would like to be more informed about history and the deeper causes of history. But I'm just like, uh, where is the time going to come for that? <laughs> I know I'll just stay ignorant. Uh, moving on to scandal talk. Uh, for some, I don't remember how this came up. But we start talking about um, Buddy Cianci, the felon mayor of Providence, Rhode Island. Oh, yeah, because um, he's the subject of Crime Town. Oh, okay. So basically the, 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 the conversation was that people love this guy. Just they love his personality. Um, and so they would basically reelect his corpse, uh, as Luke says. But I looked him up, and, and that's not really true because he was defeated in a mayoral run in 2014. Um, but they contrast him with Anthony Weiner. Um, as somebody who definitely can't get away with whatever he wants to get away with because his political career was ruined by sexting, mm-hmm. which leads us to the Oh Andrew moment uh, again. This story makes me cringe every time he tells it, where he's on Ron and Don and he just out of nowhere asks them about the lady that Andrew Weiner, Anthony Weiner sexted, and they're all just <laughs> caught off guard and have nothing to say. And then they tease him about it for the rest of the show. Oh Andrew. Oh Andrew. Um, next is a story about Rob Schneider, who threw his hat into the ring in the fight between Rep. John Lewis and the walking pile of reanimated roadkill known as Donald Trump by white-splaining Martin Luther King to a literal civil rights hero. Rob Schneider, just shut up, please. <laughs> just mm-hmm. please shut up. Uh, and we talk about how Roger Ebert dissed Rob Schneider in a pretty delicious way. Um, but he actually turns out to be sort of a thoughtful person, it sounds like, uh, in his response to that. But I don't really want to give him much well, credit. Well, I don't know. I mean, he was talking about whatever, breaking the 
studio shackles and doing more independent projects or interesting products. So I was like, oh, so what has he done lately since Deuce Bigelow? He's done a lot of stuff, but not much of its quality. I mean, I think well, they he's... mentioned the 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 documentary about cork. There's a there's right? a real worthwhile cause to. But he seems like he's doing a lot of voiceover, kind of animated, some some sort of big movies, but a lot of sort of minor, almost straight to DVD type movies. I I mean, I don't I don't think he's really challenging. Um, his artism very much. <laughs> what I give him credit for is that he d- never tried to defend Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, he uh, does sort of explain how he got there. A series yeah. of unfortunate events that led to Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo. A series of large paycheck. I mean, can you really <laughs> blame him? True. Next up is a wonderful uh, audio... A gift from Jason, I think, listener Jason, um, who laid Luke's Chewy impression over the Imperial March. It was great. And Luke is just blown away that his Chewy is so good. <laughs> I don't know if that's the thing that I would take. I would, I would <laughs> say that Jason's production skills are so good. I was wondering, is this the same Jason who made the Tonight Pants commercial? Oh, I don't know. That was also of awesome quality, so I wouldn't yeah, be surprised. I, it was just, I don't know for sure, but I made the connection. I went and looked it up. Yeah, that was a Jason. We'll see if it's the same one, maybe. Yeah, Jason, let us know if you're listening. Um, there wasn't much else going on in the show. They talk about reverb for a long time. Um, <laughs> but worth noting is that while they were talking about show titles, Luke just offhandedly mentions that, hey, Andrew, did you know the show titles aren't showing up in iTunes? And Andrew's head just explodes. As we all know, this has been a problem for months, and Andrew has been banging his head against several walls trying to fix it, and it's still not fixed. I couldn't tell it's, if that was Luke making a joke, like a really, really, really I don't dry think so. joke. I don't think he had any idea. Yeah, I think that's something that Andrew's been sitting with. Yeah. This is just more of Luke's diva status. He doesn't have to concern himself with these things. Nope. And that's it for Tuesday, if anyone else has anything. Nope. Uh, we can move on. Wednesday, 2297. A little on Luke's nose. Andrew loves the pouring rain in Seattle. He loves the seasons. He was annoyed by L.A. Uh, being lovely every day. For the he called part. it relentless sunshine. <laughs> I guess he's in the right place then. I feel that way about Dallas sometimes. By about August... Yeah, you know, when it's 110 and and blindingly bright outside every day. Yeah, you want You would really like a shitty day. Yeah, <laughs> at that point. Andrew goes uh, on the bus to meet an old colleague at Hattie's Hat. How many old colleagues, especially ladies, <laughs> does Andrew have? Maybe it's just the one that he keeps seeing over and over. He, he I don't know. There's a lot of lot of fem- female colleagues that keep in touch. Just For a guy saying. who's hmm. so antisocial, he does get out and about with old colleagues a lot. He does. Mm-hmm. That's that's. Remember when the Appalachian Trail became synonymous with cheating on your <laughs> yeah your wife? You know, 
I'm I'm thinking like meeting an old colleague. <laughs> oh, I hope not. <laughs> anyway, I just say Andrew might have a little more game than we thought with all these old colleagues. Mm-hmm. Luke is going to offer two very different dermat dermatology stories during this episode um the first one he offers is of his unsuccessful appointment where he he calls to make an appointment for i think it was for the next day but only if they could do the procedure he wanted uh because he has a window where he can have a scar and he's not going to be on tv to get this um this uh, rash off his nose or whatever. It's not a rash. Calls it a drinking spot. Drinking spot. Burst capillaries <laughs> or whatever. So his conversation with the front desk, I mean, with all the medical stuff we've been through over the last year and a half, there are a lot of great people working in the medical field, but not too many of them work in the front desk. Agreed. So never think that you've solved a problem, any problem, when you got off the phone with someone it, it sounds like he wasn't exactly as explicit as he should have been explaining what he needed. Yeah. And I've learned that with those people, you have to explain everything. You can't assume that they're picking up unsaid yeah. details. Like, yeah. I, it sounds like he didn't say, I need to get the procedure done. Today. Well, he may, he may not have even said laser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? I, you know. Well, well they probably didn't know. Just I mean, of, yeah, they're just going to cut it off or something. Right. You know, right. you don't know. And the person didn't promise him anyway. They said, maybe. It's up to the physician's <laughs> it's assistant. It's up to the PA. Yeah, right. Hmm. Well, uh, well, we'll hear more about um, the actual procedure later on in the show. I don't know why they split it up like that. But uh, Luke actually wrote a pretty good letter, I thought, to, to get a refund for his appointment. Mm-hmm. I, You know, sure... He, he had some culpability, but I don't think he deserves to pay for that. If he's willing to take the time to explain, I think he should get his money back for that. It still made me a little uncomfortable. Probably just because it's not something that I would ever do. I would just eat the office fee and right. be like, well. Yeah, I probably would have too. It's my oh, well. fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but for him, it, it was a reasoned. Oh, yeah. It was. I mean, it was. He didn't start it with, hey, hey dummy. So, <laughs> I mean, that's an improvement. Uh, uh, the guys uh, hammer out uh, what chicken fried steak is uh, mm-hmm. at age 40. They've figured out. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had chicken fried steak, but I still could figure out exactly what was going on there. I think it's legally obligated to be on every menu in the South. Oh, so I've, I've seen it. A million times here. Cullen's a huge fan. Because usually it's a, just a massive piece of bad steak. Yeah, it's breaded <laughs> steak. Bread, just it's disgusting. With a huge side of potatoes, which really appeals to someone in their early 20s. Right. You know, I massive plate of food. Um, Amy Grant. Uh, where does this song come from? I, I, I can't remember. <laughs> El Shaddai. I don't know either. And it's got to go. Thankfully, they, well, not, I mean, it's not like we made a lot of progress, but they changed the song to MXPX Move to Bremerton, which I, I don't know. I would, I would say, did it sound more like Blink-182 or Green Day to y'all? 
or both this was okay mxpx was one of my favorite bands when i was 14 and this song in particular was one of my favorite songs um they are exactly like every other pop punk band that's ever existed they're very um wholesome you know they, they i think they were straight edge uh and they just rapped about er, rapped they <laughs> certainly didn't rap they just sang about you know liking girls and stuff um what, but it was it was very MXPX appealing to a 14 year old girl oh i have no idea okay i probably knew when i was 14 but i don't anymore i would say that they were they were definitely in the pop punk template like straight off of the assembly line more like blink yeah. 182 because i think green day or are better musicians right yeah it, i'd never heard mxpx before at least i may have heard the songs but didn't know who they were but that's immediately i mean if if you just said name that artist i think i would have gone with blink 182 yeah mm-hmm. and they are from bremerton which is what that song's about well, that, there's no other reason to move to Bremerton than to be with one of these guys. Be with MXPX forever. It, it ain't great. <laughs> it ain't great over there. Sorry, Bremerton listeners. I love. Yeah. Actually, love Bremerton. It's great. You're a bright spot in Bremerton. <sighs> yes, yes, dear listener. Uh, the Amy Grant leads to Luke talking about having weird feelings when he hears religious songs now. I bet. And, I think it's, to me, it, I mean, because I'm not, you know, I was never into it. It, it all sounded like BS from, to me from the first time I heard a religious song. But when you're born into it and you're into it, and then later on you figure out it's all bullshit, it's got to be a way weirder feeling than when I hear your Christian rock. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it probably gives them some weird flashbacks. Yeah, i i never bought the I never bought pro wrestling either because even when I was a r- real small kid, I could see they weren't actually making contact with each other. Sometimes when mm-hmm. someone would mm-hmm. go down in a massive heap, and like as as a kid who liked to play sports and contact sports, I realized that to go down to the ground, someone has to apply some force to you. <laughs> Or you you sort of knew the physics. If somebody actually got hit that hard with a metal folding chair, <laughs> they weren't going to get back up right away. No, it was going to take them a little while, you know. Uh, so I never bought it, but but I know people now that when they were kids, they really were into it, and then the second they figured out it was bullshit, they were like, you know, they were off of it, and you know, we'll never go back. Because it, it feels like a betrayal. I wonder if it, part of it is like that music seems sounds like betrayal or something to me. I I ugh, I dated a guy in college who was super into pro wrestling, uh, and still is. He's a grown ass man with children, and he still loves pro wrestling. And I've heard many an impassioned defense. I've spent many a night at BW threes uh, watching matches, unfortunately, and. His defense of it is basically boils down to the choreography and the physical strength required to pull all that off mm-hmm. is impressive. Um, and it doesn't matter if it's fixed or not. I can mm. see that. If you're looking at it as a as a performance, I mean, as a play rather than yes. as a contest, it makes more sense. Yeah, it's a play with men in tights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
men in skimpy little tights. Men that I have absolutely zero attraction to. I mean, really. If if there's going to be some mostly naked guys running around and jumping on each other, I want them to be somebody that I could have a fantasy about. Yeah. I tried really hard when I when I had to go hang out with these people a lot and watch these wrestling matches and there was one guy who was supposed he actually did go to Harvard. He was like a he was the um the smart boy that everyone kind of chat on because he was smart. Um he was cute, but that that's like the beginning and the end of me liking pro wrestlers. Hmm. All right. Um the, the okay, the top story for Wednesday, I don't think they did it. Uh Yeah. I think they oh, got off on a the tangent. One hitter. Luke called it a one hitter which took them into a long discussion of legal marijuana. Right. What was the one hitter? I don't know if we even told us what it was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm glad I'm not crazy. <laughs> I don't have it written down if he did. Huh? Yeah. Couldn't find it. Couldn't find the top story. I think, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the whole um, the thread went on about um, Luke was taken aback when he heard an interview with Bill Maher, and the or he read an interview, and the interviewer said that Bill Maher was smoking weed during the interview, and Luke was like, "Oh, he's a look at that rebel," and. <laughs> It's not that rebellious anymore. It's right. The entire West Coast, it's legal, and I think that's where Bill Maher hangs out anyway. Um, well, I I have a bit of that. You know, I'm I'm such a straight arrow, and I never had a rebellious bone in my body because I never figured that rebellion hurt anybody except for the person who's rebelling. So why do it? And I never did drugs or drank or anything, so I... I do still get just a little bit of, oh, when people talk about it. And I have no problem with it. And I know that um, in many places, as in Colorado, it's legal. But I still just get the momentary disconnect. I mean, all the 80s and Nancy Reagan and just say no to drugs, that really had an effect on me. So it just I always have to reorient my thinking for a minute. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way. It's like you have to kind of retrain your brain to not think of it as the most devious thing mm-hmm. in the world because <laughs> it still feels like that to me um and it was extremely weird being in denver um and buying going to a dispensary to buy drugs it felt like the first time i had a drink in a bar legally um like it, somebody's just handing this to me this is okay mm-hmm. i don't have to hide this this is weird so i imagine that'll take a long time to c- get out of our systems collect the discussion the best part of this discussion was the review of Clay Pigeons, which is a movie that I actually remembered, and I didn't remember Janine Garofalo was in it, and that she was a cop, and that she smoked weed, and I definitely didn't know that Andrew's dad did not approve of that, and that's why he didn't like the movie Clay Pigeons, (laughs) which I think is pretty great. (laughs) Yep. I liked it, Andrew, but this is is why I can't recommend it. Janine was smoking. Um, the final Obama, um, press conference, I guess he goes into some, uh, some rambling about who, who might qualify for president in the future. Uh, white people, black people, mixed people, Asian people, all kinds of people could be president. And they, uh, use that to, he said mixed up. 
He called them mixed up people. <laughs> mixed up people. <laughs> orange people. He should have said yeah. that. Uh, we do have our first orange American president. That's right. <laughs> another another president of color. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Way to go, America. Oh, uh, Coldplay. I will. I will try to fix you, or I will fix you. Have either one of you heard this song yes. before? Yes. Yes. I know this song. In the context of reality TV, or in the wild? No, on the radio. Yeah. Oh. I also like their first album. I can't stand them anymore, but. Hmm. I was listening to this episode in one and a half speed, so it sounded a lot different. It was nice, kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm neither way on Coldplay. I don't. I don't know from Coldplay. I'd never heard that, but I can see where. Yeah, a lazy reality TV show producer would use the bejesus out of that mm-hmm. song. Luke, um, now we get the story of the successful dermatology uh, with a really, sounds like a really good and considerate and compassionate compassionate doctor with terrible business acumen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They have a quarter of a million dollar laser and they're charging $24 for a treatment. I did a little bit of math, um, assuming that each visit was 45 minutes at least. Uh, it costs $30 usually. They would have to do 6.4 procedures a day to pay it off in five years. And I doubt they're doing that many procedures every day. Yeah. Well, but With are that we sure? Thing. Is this the total cost of the visit or just the cost of the actual treatment? Hmm. I don't know. That's a good question. I would guess that's the, because you usually have to pay a visit fee, you know, um, and then I bet they added the, the laser on top of that. Okay. I would get some rollers on that thing and and get that thing rented out. <laughs> Rent it out to a bunch of other places. Yeah. Well, the other doctor's office clearly needs it, so. Yeah, give them a couple more days with it. I find out there's a Fitzgerald test uh, where it tells you how white you are. <laughs> I guess one being the whitest and 100 being the blackest of black. Yep. And Luke is a 19. That's about what I, where I would have put him. Yeah, he's pretty well, white. Well, he's Irish. Yeah, yeah. It's but- got to do with, it's a measure I use a lot um, at work um, because it's, a, it's used in skin cancer research a lot. And so uh, people with lower scores are more likely to uh, have skin problems from the sun because they're lighter. Oh, right. You don't want to be in single digits because the sun will just ruin you. It'll fry you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, John in Arkansas, he's, he's becoming um, a fixture now. He has a weed doctor license plate. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> which he might, at the very least, be able to sell this to somebody. Can you mm-hmm. can you sell your license plate number to somebody? I don't know. This either I mean, seems I steal like, them, but this is like a massive miscalculation, or he's trolling the cops. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, you just get a lot, lot more friendly behavior from teenagers when you're driving around when you're the weed doctor. And the question is asked and will be answered in a later email: Who decides what are weeds and what are plants? (laughs) These are the questions that TVTL exists to answer. (laughs) Dude, what even is a weed? (laughs) 
So Thursday, 2298, probably dude, uh, the guys have exactly one hour to do the show because after one hour, they're going to have their first meeting with Nate Toby, their new boss. And surprisingly, they actually do keep it to an hour. I think it was an hour and three minutes. So Mm -hmm. Nate's a big deal if Luke's willing to rein himself in for that. Uh, They go into a discussion of yes and and try to decide what the TBTL equivalent of it is. And they settle on probably dude, which is an (laughs) imperfect parallel, but I enjoyed it. But my very favorite comment on the Stens page came from this conversation, and I just have to share it for people that didn't see it. It came from uh, Jackie's post where she said, would the proper TBTL conversion of yes and be probably but – and in the comments, Sean commented, yes, but to be honest, but wait, tangent, 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 laugh, tangent, tangent, bullied, sport ball, inaccurate sci-fi reference, tangent, tangent, how did we get on this topic? Rehash. Oh, yeah. So that's the thing. Vague summary of original point or something. Here we go once again with the strong pad. Issue, tangent, tangent, wait, I'm stressed out. You've got a meeting rehash clever or whatever things we've said and remembered to write down some discussion possible possible music okay whatever that no mountain too tall and etc power out and then he wrote this is why i'm a p1 this is why i listen this is why i love tbtl well mostly i, I thought I have to that was a go about- in and, and and edit that edit his comment now that we have a new tbtl thing where they uh, they play the top story sounder and then don't do a top story. <laughs> That's a variation, but I thought that was about the best encapsulation of a typical yeah. TBTL episode that we could hear. <laughs> and uh, they segue right away into talking about the term work wife. I don't remember how that came up. And Andrew hates the term work wife. I think a lot of us probably do. And Luke points out that Andrew doesn't even want a wife wife, much less a work wife. <laughs> he certainly he certainly likes uh, ex-colleagues. So. <laughs> Ooh la la. <laughs> uh, work ex-wives? Ex-work wives, yeah. <laughs> turns out that Andrew and Genevieve just forgot their anniversary, which was the other day, until the end of the day. They were just like, oh, so I, guess I think that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Because, well, th- wh- that's the best part of that arrangement of that relationship is you've you've got no if if you don't celebrate what is what's the anniversary when we decided we were going out when I first asked you out you know there's mm-hmm. there's there's no expectation on it you know right I love it I celebrate their non celebration. <laughs> <laughs> As long as it's uh, just a a measure of how comfortable and settled they are rather than a measure of them not caring about each other. But, um, okay, so inauguration is tomorrow. Uh, Luke is in a very strange mood about it. He doesn't want to watch the inauguration at all. He says he wants to do something to make a world a better place, which may involve releasing some doves into the wild. And uh, the the idea of releasing the doves comes back throughout the episode, including him keeping the doves in the basement. Um, it's a, I enjoyed that. I think that was a fun, a fun callback throughout the show. And um, so he and Carrie are planning to head to Canada to eat soup dumplings because I guess that's what you do in the face of the new world order. 
is go to Canada and eat soup dumplings. It seems like all anybody's eating anymore are soup dumplings. If you're on Facebook, <laughs> I see it's all dumplings all the time. That's the new diet. We're just getting to fall here in Minnesota. So slow down, <laughs> yeah. everybody else. Yeah, Let us I mean, catch up. Exactly. Um, and it's at this point when Andrew takes the opportunity to needle Luke about the whole your vote doesn't count thing again. <laughs> and I just love it that Andrew's yeah. not going to drop that for good. Every mm-hmm. once in a while, he's just going to bring it up and uh, just jab that knife in there a little bit. Um, in terms of Andrew's inauguration plans, our old Twitter pal High School Bud is holding an eggnog-uration. And so Andrew thinks he might make some eggnog tonight because he has looked to find it in the grocery store. And it turns out they don't sell eggnog year-round. What? He's really confused by this. Why wouldn't the grocery stores sell eggnog the rest of the year? Um, And Luke says maybe it's because people don't buy it. Maybe. Maybe. So he's going to have to. And then, you know, he didn't even realize that there were recipes for this, that you could make it yourself. And they talk about eggnog counterprogramming and uh, come up with the idea of hipster eggnog cafes, uh, one of which will, of course, be named Just Nog. (laughs) I could see it in Portland. Or the the noggin whistle. Right. (laughs) The egg and... (laughs) <laughs> the egg and the nog. <laughs> the eggnog uh, so. industry did this to themselves when they when they um, put the green and red holly all over their box, all over their packaging. You know, you're you're pigeonholing yourselves. Yeah, there's Don't no reason it. eggnog couldn't be an Easter drink too. Right, eggs. Yeah. I mean, alcohol really is the important component to that. Mm-hmm. Have that yeah, it's year. supposed to warm you up. I mean, it, it's too thick. Well, I think it's disgusting, but it's too thick and spicy to be a warm weather drink. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah, you chugging did. some eggnog after a nice run and some in eggnog by heat? the pool? <laughs> but it's still a cold drink, right? Well, yeah, but like when you put ice cream rum so, in it, yeah, I don't know. It has more warming qualities, I think. Than- the ants will be right. on you. Ants <laughs> yeah, will be true. on you. True. I guess Big Nog has some work to do then. Yeah. On their branding. And we get a, an update on the Nose Laser email. Um, they're not going to charge Luke for that visit. So um, that's that's great. Good for him. And, this- and somehow he got 500 United miles out of it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> of course he did. Um, he mentions during this update that at the doctor's office the other day, the clinic receptionist was singing along to the radio, but she was singing on a delay. So it was five seconds late, which really irritated him. So they actually tune in to the radio station that the clinic was playing. And Luke demonstrates for us exactly what this <laughs> sounded like. <laughs> Thanks, Luke. Just like two two seconds behind on a third eye blind. Song, right. You know. <sighs> <laughs> Just a little extra reverb on that Adele song. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, in the donors today, they have a funny thing um, when they talk about donor Libby Lewis. And Andrew is wondering, I think it's Andrew, if 
that's the uh, NPR journalist. It's not. We, we know uh, Libby, at least Bobby and Christy and Jeremy and I know Libby because she came up to the live show. And she's from Iowa, and she um, was our karaoke d- DJ for the karaoke after the thing. And she's a riot. So she has never covered Scooter Libby. But the other Libby Lewis apparently covered Scooter Libby to the point where NPR had to actually put out a little story about it. Or I don't know if you can call it a story, at least a an update or an informatic or something saying, yes, we know that Libby Lewis is covering Scooter Libby. So this gets Andrew to thinking about what other public radio personalities he could do this with. And he comes up with Peter Sagal covering Steven Seagal. And uh, Luke says that that's not that far off because Steven Seagal was in some sort of scandal and he's in bed with Russia and Putin. And he brings up the idea of uh, celebrities getting involved with foreign governments and Lindsay Lohan and the More Than Five campaign, all of which we have talked about. And Andrew's like, no, we never talked about that. Luke said, yes, we talked about it. And they went back a few more times. And uh, Luke calls on the, quote, unpaid archivists to find it. And all was resolved by the Stens on the Stens page because, of course, that was a Jen episode when Andrew was on vacation. So they're both right. It was talked about on the show, and Andrew has never talked about it. I have not been able to concentrate since you said that Steven Seagal was in bed with Vladimir Putin. <laughs> mm, what a visual. Oh, boy. And you just had to inflict that on all the rest of us, too. Oh, you said it. Uh, top story. Oh, here's where the abandoned top story from yesterday was, which the um, repair cafes. And this is where you bring in broken stuff and the, quote, fix it coaches, unquote, will help you fix it. Um, cue, I will fix you. Mm-hmm. Um, because this apparently is a pushback against excessive consumerism. And uh, the number one thing that people bring in is lamps. And number two things that people bring in uh, are vacuum cleaners, uh, both of which I think that I would be able to repair by myself. But uh, Andrew really likes the idea of learning to fix your own stuff. He's talked a lot in the past about his desire to break things down and learn how uh, it it all works. And so he goes back to that and um, he says he's always ready to tangle with a vacuum cleaner and a toilet tank. He is very, very proud that he has successfully changed a rubber belt on a vacuum. And I was like, dude, really? That's something to be proud of? (laughs) Because I have changed a thousand vacuum belts on my 65-year-old vacuum cleaner. But if that's the level of um, fix-it ability that he has, I think that he can go spend some time in the the fix-it cafes. I do agree, though, that that toilets are satisfyingly easy to figure out Mm -hmm. and fix. Um, I think I figured out what was going on inside the tank when I was like 10 because my dad had one that, you know, you always had to jiggle the handle. And I was like, why does that work? So I went and investigated. I was like, oh, well, this is pretty simple. Um, But it is kind of fun to to fix something yourself. It feels a little sense of accomplishment. It's nice to know how things work, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, He is upset, though, because the computer fan that he complained about over multiple shows just fixed itself. And also he was having some audio compression issue that he explained confusingly that also fixed himself. (laughs) And it bothers him because he doesn't know why they just all of a sudden started working right again. And I agree with that because who knows if it's going to start 
doing weird things again. If you don't know mm-hmm. what was wrong and what fixed it, then you just have a future potential problem hanging over your head again. So I can understand how that would upset him. Um, because we cannot get through a, a week of TBTL without some toilet slash poop talk, our senior bidet correspondent, Chris Hayes, um, contributes a story about uh, Japanese bidet manufacturers standardizing all the bidet icons. Apparently they're doing this because not only are they uh, hosting the Olympics in the near future, but also um, tourism is a big deal in Japan. So they want to let all those Westerners know exactly what they're getting into before they spray their bombs. I wonder I if there's a there's bidet tourism like there is weed tourism. Like there are people that <laughs> really want to dive into bidet culture and what, where they would definitely probably go to Japan, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think they're Don't the epicenter. They, if they have the bidet museum in Japan, or is it just the toilet museum? They've got all sorts of fit. Yeah, it's probably toilets, probably generalized to toilets because they have all sorts of fancy toilets too. But you know how like George Costanza knew where all the toilets, all the good public toilets were right. all over New York City? Like there, there have to be bidets in Tokyo, for example, that are just, you know, must splash opportunities. Someone has to be chronicling this. Jojo, get on this. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> we have a source. Just put something together for us. Squat all over this, Jojo. <laughs> and an email for the day. Uh, we get that question of weeds versus plants resolved. Jeremy says a weed is any plant that grows where people don't want them to, which makes a lot of sense to me and he says the only difference is there is a category called noxious weeds that are different and i I think i looked those up and they had pretty flowers so i guess it's any plant that comes in and takes over the natural um the natural uh, flora and starts to choke it out is a weed so that question is answered and we can move to friday Friday, twenty two ninety nine, throwing quaid. Uh, Luke and Carrie are headed up I five to Canada to eat soup dumplings and ignore the inauguration of the horking mole creature suffering from radioactive spray tan. As our first orange American president is sworn into office. Um, did you guys pay attention to it, or did you ignore it? I watched it on a live stream on my computer. Uh, intermittently because I, I was planning to not watch it. Um, but I did turn the TV onto paternity court, hoping to skew the ratings a little bit. <laughs> so I don't know if I got around that by watching it online or not, but I kind of couldn't tear, I couldn't tear my eyes away. Uh, I actually was appearing on that episode of paternity court, so I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, I saw you there. The <laughs> inauguration. Uh, now I listened to the NPR coverage in the car. Um, for most of it. Didn't see any of the TV stuff. I just couldn't do it. I don't know. I'm wondering if I'm being a coward about this or if I'm trying to hide my head in the sand or something. But I just, I try to pretend that it wasn't happening and that it was a, a normal work day. I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. You got to protect yourself. And as our one of our favorite listeners, Bob Stein, noted, he called it a broken bidet of a day mm-hmm. uh, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. He's got a point. Um, 
Luke and Carrie are in a loner Audi, which they mentioned like seven times between Thursday and today. Uh, and Luke has to point out that it's a $41,000 car. Thank you. Um, and Carrie's you're leaving g- in a Volkswagen and he's right. leaving in a $41,000 <laughs> As loner he gets Audi. into a Jetta, <laughs> drives away. Yep. I'll probably never own a $41,000 car. And that's Okay. Uh, but Luke really needs to point this out to us several times. Um, Carrie is traveling with an expired passport that has her maiden name on it, her birth certificate, and her driver's license, hoping that will get her across the border. Uh, Good there's God, several... she's really becoming a Burbank. I yeah. know. There are so many unknowns on this trip. And Luke, of course, is just like, oh, it'll be fine. She needs it'll to get fine. tested. She might be infected. <laughs> <laughs> with the entitled etiquette virus? Yes. <laughs> Um, as I mentioned earlier, Carrie's driving and it's making Luke really anxious that she slows down to the speed limit at the, when they approach the border, because that is the most suspicious thing you can do is drive right. the speed limit. Um, and, and obeying rules and laws seems to make him physically uncomfortable. Um, they are a little concerned. Andrew is on the line as well. Um, sounds like getting nervous for them about how they're going to get across the border and what they're going to say. Carrie is, is nervous because Luke has a big old recording device on his lap and uh, she's worried they're not going to let him through with that or they're going to get questioned about it. And she doesn't know exactly what she's going to say. Um, sounds like she, she's going to, she doesn't like being put on the spot about these things, especially when it's something she's not doing. <laughs> it's something right. Luke is doing and he won't stop. <laughs> um, but he does, he does, uh, relent a little bit and takes the show sheet off the dashboard, which I think that would help. That probably helped a little bit. Look um, like a as, crazy person when you're taping notes yeah, to your own dashboard. Right. Um, while they're kind of killing time until they get uh, to the front of the line, Luke talks about how he quote unquote tweets out a good tweet about uh, the comb over as it relates to the tiny inaugural crowd. And that tweet really did get a lot of traction. Yeah, that was a that great was a good tweet. joke. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Um, Carrie is asking Andrew's advice as a fellow nervous, and his advice is to just relax. <laughs> Which, oh, <laughs> thanks, Andrew. <laughs> yes, because Andrew follows that advice all the time. Yeah, as a fellow nervous, he should know that that is the worst advice on earth. Um, and it, she's she's clearly nervous. I always get nervous going through the border, even though. I'm never doing anything wrong. It just, you right. feel a little bit put on the spot. Um, they ask you some rapid fire questions. And if you say the wrong thing, it can really kind of screw things up. Um, I have had my car pulled over and searched um, at the Windsor, Detroit Windsor border. Um, they didn't find anything, but it took, you know, an hour. Uh, it kind of sucks. Uh, and it's, it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit nerve wracking, but the Canadian side is so nice. <laughs> they why really did are. They, why did they pick you? to search i don't know it this was when i was in college um uh, you know they i don't know i think that, i think sometimes it's random mm. i was just i was by myself i was go i don't even remember why i was going maybe to toronto for a weekend trip or something um but yeah they they randomly pull people aside and tear tear your car apart take everything out check in the panels of the car to make sure you're not smuggling drugs <laughs> they had the dogs all in it it was i don't know wow yeah um, so yeah, ever since then I've, I've gotten a little nervous about it. Um, so I understand Carrie's feelings. She puts her glasses on to look a little more credible, <laughs> which I thought was pretty cute. <laughs> uh, 
when they finally do get to the guard, Luke makes some terrible jokes that the guard totally ignores. God, dude. <laughs> and uh, it, that could have really messed things up because he jokes about staying. And that's one of her main concerns is, are you staying or is yes. this a day trip? And he makes mm-hmm. a joke about it. She flies by it, but then goes back and makes him clarify whether he's actually staying or not because he made that dumb joke. And then he blames it on us saying he made a contract with us and right. uh, he had to fulfill it. No, you didn't. <laughs> uh luke she asks what they do luke says he hosts a podcast and carrie quickly points out that he also hosts two other public radio shows to give him a little bit of credibility <laughs> um and it sounds like though that the guard knew what a podcast was she asked about it and luke gave a pretty succinct answer it sounds like he's probably answered that question a million times mm-hmm. uh, that was pretty great um Anything else about this visit, you guys, with the with the border guard? Did it irritate you as much as it irritated me? Yes, because Luke was deliberately... I don't even know how I want to categorize it, but he didn't have to say, oh, I, I host a podcast. He could have said, I'm a radio host. You radio know? host, yeah. He, mm-hmm. it, it's like he was so unconcerned about it. He was sort of deliberately trying... Almost to antagonize Carrie a little it bit. Felt like a, he, yeah. It felt like a yeah. He knew how nervous she was. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so he was deliberately saying things to make it worse. And they could have ultimately been delayed, you know, forty-five minutes to an hour from getting soup dumplings, which for white <laughs> yes. people in the Northwest at this point is tragic. That is serious business. Yeah. Um. Carrie objects once they get through to always having to play the straight man in these situations. And I think that was a very valid complaint. And so I enjoyed um, the direct conversation that Carrie and Andrew had with one another. Yes. After this. (laughs) Yes. Um, Luke graciously allows her one minute of fun and she fires off a great joke, uh, slamming his bedroom skills. (laughs) terrific that was probably the highlight of the week for me Mm -hmm. that was great he let it roll right off his back it was funny um and she just so in her one minute of fun uh she just kind of wants to bust on luke some more so she reveals that they often get drunk and sing give in to me to each other which is just so cute yeah that was so cute um and then she ends up being embarrassed in her one minute of fun because luke's trying to get her to sing on the microphone and she doesn't want to it was kind of funny that Luke gave her the one minute of fun, but also saying, okay, now on command, be fun. Mm-hmm. It's, a right. little, it's a little much to ask. Let her have her minute. Right. Or don't make her play the straight guy. I thought she said something um, very interesting in there where she said that sometimes Luke makes decisions based on making an interesting podcast. And it, yeah. it effectively makes her into the bad guy. I thought that was a, a very insightful comment. Yeah, and I'm sure she's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just saw it in front of our eyes as he, you know, almost sabotaged their, their right. border crossing. <laughs> you see, borderline antagonized the uh, Canadian Border Patrol. Yeah. Yeah. Um. 
All right. Moving on to music for your weekend. Andrew brings us a version of The Danger Zone with Kenny Loggins and Jesse Lynn Martins from Archer. And Luke gives us the good Hank Williams with Setting the Woods on Fire. <laughs> Not the bad one. Uh, and the listener song is Sam Cooke, Change is Going to Come. And that was very appropriate for this yes, trash heap of a day. All right. If we're done with the week, I'll move on into housekeeping. Housekeeping. <laughs> housekeeping. I have a late checkout. <laughs> uh, update on the archive project. Since we announced our contest, and if you missed the contest, it is an LRB raffle for every episode that you archive and submit. We'll enter you in a drawing to win an LRB host not Loot Crate. Uh, since we announced the contest, I think it was on the 9th, so two weeks ago, we've had eight new episodes submitted. So um, people, Megan and Michael, you have a really good chance of <laughs> winning a non-Loot Crate from one of us. Um, there's plenty of time. I don't think we've decided how long we're going to run the contest, probably until we get enough new episodes submitted that it makes it worth it. But come on, everybody, you've got, this is better odds than in winning the lottery. So well, get for in me, there. I mean, I've, I got to get a jump start on getting, putting together my listener crate. So what right. I've been doing is like every afternoon when the workers that are building all these houses around us, when they're done um, and the winds kick up, I just collect all of the, their food trash and I'm <laughs> stuffing it all into a, a cardboard box so that someone can really get a taste of Kyle, you know? Oh. What about bugs? I mean, I'm sure that attracts lots of bugs. Yeah, see, that's a, that's a twofer right there because yeah. you're going to get a cross-section of the, the bugs that also feed on this trash that swirls around the neighborhood on windy days like today. You could throw in a, a, a recording of really loud mariachi music. Yes, that's true, yeah. some A lot of, a lot of trombone and... Yeah, tuba. accordion, <laughs> accordion, trombone, and tuba. That's, I mean, that's who can beat that. That's trio. the soundtrack of your life right now. It really is. It's better than bluegrass. That's all I'll give it. Mm. Clearly, I'm going to have to up my game for my <laughs> yeah. box. Yeah, you're not putting as much thought into it as I am. No. Um, so submit those, um, episodes and we're going to get this archive completed. It's going to be great. In our uh, sister podcast, on Earbuds and Earworms, they dropped a, a new episode that is all about music that reminds us of movies that we love. So I can only assume it's going to be a lot of Celine Dion singing, My Heart Will Go On. <laughs> uh, Nerd Out Loud, the most recent episode, they talked about selling virginity, uh, Christie's new West Wing watching project, and selfie drones. I listened to that and... Um, it was friend of the show. Jeremy Henson was on it. It was a good listen. And we haven't mentioned for a little while. Remember that we have an Amazon link. If you buy things on Amazon, and I think you do, please remember to use our affiliate link, which you can find on the LRB website. And kick I, us I did a it. few pennies. I did used you? it for the first time. Yeah, I did it. Got myself what did some, you buy? Uh, some earbuds and a new microphone arm because I broke my old one. Nice. Excellent. So that's three cents in our coffers. <laughs> and we're all set. It really does add up, you guys. I, I appreciate all the 
all the links you've been throwing us. I just use it as my bookmark. I changed my Amazon bookmark to that. And so every time I'm on Amazon and I am almost every day, (laughs) I use that link. It's very easy. It doesn't cost you a thing. Um, If you want to get involved with our show, go to our website. It's littleredbandwagon.com. You can visit us on Facebook, our page, or we pop up on the Stens page pretty regularly. Our show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can send us an email at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. A voicemail or a text, 802-432-TBTL. I managed to do this while very high, so you can do it while sober. (laughs) I remembered it because I say it all the time. (laughs) Uh, And uh, if you wouldn't mind, you could throw us a nice review on iTunes. We always appreciate those. We're not trying to climb up the ranks or anything. We just like to hear what you guys have to say. Awesome. And with that, Anne, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time. This is the next party. We love you, Jen. Nailed it. Housekeeping. Housekeeping.